Welcome to the ESP PPE podcast, Proper Project Expectations. Just a quick setup or reminder of what we're doing here. This is our 2023 summer series covering selling under NEM3, working in solar in California, and why it's still the best place to sell solar in the country if you know how. We're all about learn, then earn. Whether you're fresh to the industry or a sun-baked seasoned pro, in this podcast series, we'll go through the course of a project from some pre-sale topics all the way to final system activation. Don't take anything we say as gospel. Just try it on and see if you like it. Here we go. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Welcome to the Energy Service Partners Proper Project Expectations podcast. This week, we're just having an extravaganza. We're going to go over net metering, permission to operate, system activation, everything post-install. And that's why we brought on Adriana Alberts. She is our one and only utilities and post-installation manager. Did I get your title right? Yeah, well, utilities, activation, all looped together, right? It just kind of works together. So yes. Every, everything everything to do once the stuff is on the roof, basically. So awesome. Well, how's it going today? It is going well. It is Wednesday. We're halfway through the week. So exciting, exciting things. We're, we're a few months post crazy cutoff for NEM. How's, how's the, the tidal wave? How's the aftermath of the tsunami been treating you? I just keep telling everyone the light is coming at the end of the tunnel very quickly. So <laughs> it's just the greatest feeling. Like it's, it was NEM post, like pre, and then it was post, you know, dealing with the aftermath of it, cleaning up things. And now it's like, finally, you know, settling down and getting that breath of fresh air. And again, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. So it's great. Awesome. That's great to hear. Well, and of course, we have Andy Schwartz, VP of sales apps back in the saddle. Andy, how are you today? I'm doing good. Welcome to the pod party people. Thanks, Adriana, for jumping on. This is going to be a fun one. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're going to we're going to probably make this into a two-parter. I have a feeling because we, we've got some stuff to go over. But first and foremost, I do want to just lead in with how crazy impressive it was that you, your efforts in, in combination with you know a couple other people on our team, I guess, a, a few other people, but you helped us do something pretty phenomenal with the amount of NEM2 applications we were able to take in such a short amount of time and process them so quickly, like just the volume and the the scale of what we tried to do was pretty crazy. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it, it, I, can, I couldn't have done it without everyone else, honestly. All of those meetings that we flew to California and had NEM 2.0 like meetings, talking about prepping ourselves, like without all of those smart heads, we could have not gotten where we did. And, you know, generated single line diagrams, things like that helped us so much with getting these jobs pushed through. So it was such an accomplishing feeling doing it. And it was just encouraging to continue doing it because I knew that it had the future of ESP on the line. And I love ESP, obviously. So yeah, it just pushed me to strive. And it was a humbling feeling, honestly. I was working long days. We were meeting like on the deadline week. We met every day, me and my manager. And every day we just progressively got worse looking. It was just like tired. We were exhausted, <laughs> but 
the best feeling was when we hit the deadline day and it was like 1150 and just Tyler and everyone jumped on a call and we like almost started crying because it was just so like we had extra time left over and just knowing what we were able to accomplish and who we were able to help with, you know, submitting solar, getting them on them 2.0. It was just it was good. It's that, good. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, I've said it a couple of times on some other episodes. We literally were working until the 11th hour. And yeah, that's that's bananas. I, I do not know if there are any other EPCs that did it. Hats off to them, too. But I, I mean, I know how hard you guys worked. And so, yeah, what a wild, what a wild ride. It was wild, but we got it. We got it. We, we got did. our goal. And that's what was the most accomplishing thing. So, yeah. And, and yeah. I think. Oh, go ahead, Andy. No, I was just going to say it was incredibly impressive what you did, Adriana, and your team and everybody behind the scenes that helped supported in that big giant push. I mean, more solar was sold and processed in those last two to three weeks than ever in the history of a Q1 of solar in California. I'm pretty sure ever. I mean, everyone went through their backlogs like crazy, called every single customer that they ever knew that ever said maybe solar <laughs> and they got them to sign up. And it was a really it was a really cool thing to see what you guys came together and did. It really showed the power of what we're possible, capable of doing at ESP and what you know teamwork really looks like. So kudos to you and the squad. Well done. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And one one other thing I do want to touch on too. Last I had seen just from not just the volume that we processed, but I, I would say equally, if not more so important is the accuracy with which we did it. And, it, you know, it's one thing to say, yeah, we did however many, you know, 2000 or whatever it was. It was like 1500, 1800 and, you know, whatever that tight time frame was. But if we did half of them wrong, what's the point? But we had less than 1% of a failure rate or a rejection rate from from those applications. And it was largely because people just hadn't gotten us their utility bills. Yeah, it was mostly things that were kind of unavoidable, you know, existing system information. A lot of the times, you know, utilities don't have the correct info from what we pull on site. So just discrepancies that we and then, you know, accounts being closed that we don't know about. You know, sometimes we don't get that info until it's rejected. But it's nice because even after the fact of like NEM, we put so many processes into place where if we got a rejection, we were able to handle it, get in contact with the homeowner, fix it right away. You know, like visibility and just hands on deck with these projects just, yeah, helped us a lot. That's great. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, to your, to your point there, like, because we did that, because we had this crazy exercise in going through this, now our process is probably better off than it's ever been right going forward on these. I definitely believe so. And I definitely always am the person that's going to see how we can improve our processes even more like, okay, if we're getting this rejection, what do we need to fix? in our process or implementation to not run into these issues again. So always being my worst enemy, not in that way, but, you know, always wanting <laughs> no, to be the better of myself and sure. better of my department. And, you know, that's yeah. just how I am. That's how I operate. And, and you know, you I'm it. the person that's going to call out other people too. If something's not working, like, hey, let's have a conversation and fix it and get it better. And it just moves smoothly. So... 
I love yeah. that. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. That really is something. Yeah, I mean, we can't say it enough. It's it's great to have metrics to measure yourself against, but really all that matters is if you're getting better yourself. If you are improving based on where you were the day before, you know, incremental incremental improvements to make those processes smoother. I think that's what we're all about as an organization and it's great to have people like you who really just like exemplify that. You're 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 carrying the torch for it. It's it's awesome to see. Well, that's one of the things I say I love about ESP is that they allow management to grow. And it's always an opportunity where people will show me how to do something instead of just doing it for me. So they're always pushing me to be the best version of myself. And then I do that with my employees as well. So it's just an overall culture thing that I believe is here. And it's a great that's why I feel like we are the best. That's well, we, I don't feel it. I know we are. The best. We know it. We know it, it, we know it. In, in our hearts. And we try and make sure everybody feels it when they're working with yeah. us. That's great. Very nice. cool. I love it. Awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit about now that we're in the NEM3 world, what's the state of affairs? What's the state of the union with the big three utilities? How, how are we or how are they, I should say, catching up with us and everybody else and their grandma who wanted solar? Well, so I believe, like Andy said, clearly it was like the biggest amount of applications probably submitted ever for these utilities. And ultimately, I do not think they were prepared at all. It was Mm. honestly disheartening to see how unprepared they were. There were homeowners that we had submitted for PTO, permission to operate, in like April, and we weren't getting the actual PTO letter until three to four months later. Like recently we started getting PTOs coming through with all of the utilities. So I just think it broke their systems. They weren't prepared. They didn't have enough people reviewing applications. So yeah. Man, so not to call any specific utilities out, but which ones were better or worse than the other two? (laughs) I always say the heart... Okay, I always say the easiest utility to submit an application for is SCE, but they're the worst to deal with because they don't have any communication with emails. They don't allow you to call to like follow up on jobs. And so they say email, but they don't respond. So it's just like this back and forth game. And then we most of the time have to get homeowners involved and it just gets messy with SCE. Whereas like PG&E and SDG&E have better direct channels to communicate. So that's what I just always say. I, I like SCE application, but otherwise they're pretty difficult to deal with. So if you, if you nail it your first time, there's no questions asked. It's probably good, but God help us all. If there's any period or crossed T out of place. So, okay. Yes. Good to know. That's a, that's a good segue for me. What you just said, Danny, which was kind of nailing it. Right. So sales reps that are listening right now, uh, we have, you know, the voice of the PTO God, goddess Adriana on here. What is it that a rep can do to ensure the fastest possible, most accurate, PTO and NEM submission, what is it that you need so that it's they're doing their job perfectly? I think the first and most important thing always is utility bill. Just grab yeah. the utility bill at the time of sale, provide it to us. And then if you don't have a utility bill, account information from their online account. 
you know, just providing that will streamline us being able to even start the application. So that is the most important thing. And then obviously just having the utility bill with the correct info, you know, name, account number, meter number, like we need all of that to show. So we're able to submit because a lot of times I can't even do an application without the utility bill. So that's just going to be number one. And then trying to get it from a homeowner may get difficult. So I always say, start off with the utility bill. That will save a lot of time. And then on top of it, you know, it's nice with, you know, SCE, PG&E and SCG&E because the application is pretty streamlined. We handle majority of like the single line diagram, you know, battery stuff, all of that. I think with the smaller utilities, a lot of the things that I see are like sizing the system correctly based on the way that they want it size like a lot of them have only like a hundred percent offset or 110 percent offset so getting that sizing will reduce timelines as well iid is like a big one that's just like another section of california that i do not love touching because they're just difficult to work with but again if we get all that info ahead of time sizing is correctly it makes the process easier and i realized that They want to work faster with us when we provide accurate information the first time. If we continue providing incorrect info or don't have it, I notice that their responses are a bit delayed. They don't really want to work with us. You know, I mean, I get it. It's like, come on, do your job. Right. Like, Uh, okay, cool. That's that's great info. So everybody listening, if you're putting a solar deal through and you want it to go really, really smoothly. Make sure you have a current, let's say within the last three months, full copy of your utility bill. And if for whatever reason you can't get that, then you need like the five key pieces of information, which would be name, address, meter number, service account number, and rate schedule. Those are kind of the biggest ones, like, you know, how they're being billed, like a domestic you know, rate schedule or a time of use or something like that. Make sure you get those five things and that will help Adriana and the team submit quickly. Which all of those things are going to be on the utility bill. So hopefully that's the easiest thing to get, right? So (laughs) don't try and try, don't try and ask the homeowner to figure out what those are. Really just always ultimately get that either from a utility bill or an online account. And I know that, I mean, just... That's always a headache, right? Because getting somebody to remember their password if they don't have it auto-saved or written down anywhere to log into the online thing. All of these utilities are going to have their own little portal that they want you to work with and all that stuff. But some of them have some great info in there anyway. And so it's good to it's good to know how to access those, I guess. That's I'll, I'll touch on that real quick because I have an idea that I want to throw out here to sales reps in along the lines of utility bills. This is just going to be kind of a sidebar. But one of the things that a lot of the big... Th- at least the big three, and I, I believe probably some other utilities offer, is a sneak peek at your future bill, right? They give you a little way that you can estimate, hey, like if you if it's not time to get the actual bill yet, you can still see a snapshot based on your current, you know, your, your month-to-date usage so far, you're going to see what it could look like here when it comes to, to see your next bill. So if your homeowner isn't sure how much they pay or doesn't have a, a utility bill handy, but they can log into the account, navigate to that part of the of the account with them. 
and let them feel the pain of what that number is on their future bill. That's going to be a huge motivator for them to be like, oh, it's going to be $500? Oh, no. Like, What can we do about that? Please help me, Mr. Solar Man. <laughs> so anyway, sidebar over. Let's get back to it. Cool. All right. Yeah. So, so utility bills, great. Correct information, great. What are some of the other... What are, what are some of the other things to know from a sales standpoint that they can either have in their back pocket or share with the homeowners about this process? Like, I, I think some homeowners have the expectation that, hey, I have solar on my roof. Why can't I turn it on? What's talk, talk a little bit about kind of the process from glass on roof through the rest of the time until we flip the switch. Okay, so... Right now, with like the big three, we're able to install without NEM approval as long as we have permits. So a lot of times we're not waiting for NEM on, you know, the bigger utilities, whereas some of the smaller utilities, we do require NEM approval before we can install. Obviously, that's just being safe with sizing, because a lot of the times we're seeing the smaller utilities pushing back the way we size our systems. So just to ensure we're not giving a bad customer experience, we want that approval. And a lot of times, I work so hand in hand with meter spot and permit because a lot of times meter spot could be contingent on NEM approval or permit could be contingent on NEM approval. So right now I submit all, even the big three, all NEM applications before install. So they're getting submitted right away just to ensure that we're not reaching issues at PTO, like with utility bills or just trying to get in front of the situation before we get it on the back end and start, you know, we already had it installed and all this stuff and homeowner has to wait longer. So right now the NEM portion is done before install and we just submit an application. Timelines are getting quicker. So that is the good thing. We're getting these approvals back faster but that's something the homeowner will probably see an email on or be anticipating seeing. So after that point, we submit NEM, we wait for final inspection to get completed and pass, and it comes into the PTO queue for permission to operate to submit. So at that point, we are going to assist the homeowners with, well, we do it on their behalf, submit the final inspection with the permit to the utilities. That's pretty much the standard requirement for all the utilities. This is where things can get a little tricky. The big three usually do not go on site for an inspection or anything. So their timelines can be a bit quicker because they don't require a site inspection. Whereas Mm. the smaller utilities usually will, especially LADWP, they go out, they have to swap the meter for a smart meter that is compatible with the solar. And, you know, they do their own inspection. So not only are we doing an AHJ inspection, but we also do a utility inspection. So that could increase timelines on the back end with some of these utilities. That makes total sense. Yeah. So that that's definitely a good thing to be aware of is the we, we've talked about it a couple of times, I think, early on of, yeah, if there are more inspection, the the more times that somebody other than ESP has to come out to the site, or the more times that just any visit has to happen to the site at all, that's just going to take longer, period. So just be aware of those situations, right? Yeah, and it gets a little tricky where there's 
requirements that the AHA might require, but then the utility requires something completely different. So we also need right. to ensure that the steps prior, like final inspection did what utility also needs, you know, like we put the right placards and things like that. So it's always looking at the process and being like, are we doing it correctly? If it's not being done, how can we prevent another truck roll or another site visit where we can do this, you know, final inspection, ensure that it's done, QCing things, you know, all of those things help with PTO timelines as well. So. That's good. That's good information for me. I think as a sales or a solar consultant out there as a rep, when let's say you're selling in like the LADWP market, because a lot of people have been focusing on DWP right now since it's not been, hasn't been affected by NEM 3.0 in the big three. And so setting those proper expectations with homeowners on, hey, the permit might be over the counter and be really quickly and we'll get install going. But then when it comes to PTO, we have to wait for the utility to come out and do their meter swap to the smart meter. And that's going to take some time. And they're now backlogged because a lot of people are actually selling in DWP now because they're avoiding the big three. And so it's creating this backlog there. So setting those expectations that the panels are going to be up on your roof, the system's going to be ready to go, but it's not going to be turned on for a little while. So yes. homeowners need to be prepared for that, that, that kind of delay in game, so you're, to speak. You're going to have some fancy roof bling just sitting up there looking pretty. It's not going to be doing much for you for a little bit. For a little bit. But yeah, once it's in our hands, we work as fast as possible to get, you know, the utility all completed. Right now, Absolutely. I would say LADWP is running at about three to four weeks after we get the final inspection release to swap out that meter and do a site inspection. So anything over that, I'm on them trying to figure out why it's being delayed, why it's past that date. So yeah, right now, three to four weeks with the LADWP area for a meter swap. I'll, I'll put a date stamp on this. It is August 23rd, the year of our Lord, 2023, just in case LADWP gets faster and gets mad at us after this recording comes out. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. How's in, in the post NEM 3.0, how, how are PTO timelines looking from the major IOUs, the investor owned utilities out there? What's it looking like? The, like? the smaller utilities still? No, the, the, the bigger ones. How's, oh, the big three. Edison, yeah, the big three. Okay. Right now, so like I said previously, post-NEM 2.0, it was, a, it was a mess, you know, dealing with three-month timelines. Finally, those seem to be steadying out. And right now, we're looking at, I'm getting PTO approvals back rather quickly, like within a week, I would say, a cool. week or two. Yeah. And if I don't get approval, it's a revision for something that may have been beyond our control again. But again, we're actioning those as fast as we possibly can to resubmit them. And we're getting those reapprovals pretty quickly. The projects I'm noticing are getting stuck or anything that has any equipment changes because it re requires additional review again. So even if we're adding within the metric of adding 10%, of total system size or decreasing by 20, even within that spectrum, we're still seeing those jobs getting stuck longer because of the additional mm -hmm. review. So 
a standard project that stayed the same and I submit for PTO, it's pretty quick. But anything that has an equipment change, I'm noticing is still taking about a month, a month and a half. So it's not pleasant, but it's definitely going down the more we get further into it. But better than four months, right? Yeah. yeah. Right after the deadline, we were submitting the solar billing applications with SCE. They didn't start approving them until probably two weeks ago. Oof. So that's how long even those NEM applications were sitting with the new NEM 3. That's so it wild. was all getting affected. Yeah, that is just wild. But yeah, I, well, that, that brings me to a point. I don't want to bag on it too much because everybody by this point should know how I feel about the utilities. Utilities in general, not just our, our friends here in California, but they did it to themselves. But I think the the people that are experiencing the pain of it are definitely not the people who are reaping the benefits of these changes that they brought about, right? This is going to be a little high mm -hmm. concept maybe, but like, I, I think the investors, like Andy, you said IOUs, investor-owned utilities, the investors up top love it when there's slowdowns for solar permits because then they're like, oh yeah, it sucks getting solar, doesn't it? Yeah, that means you get to pay us more you know, for longer. And the the people who are in the trenches like us and the the people in the utility, the, the NEM departments at the utilities, they're they're getting nothing but flack. They do not see any of the benefit. They just get the hard work and and no reward out of it. So I, I just want to always bring that back that yes, it's great that we have these programs that allow homeowners to go solar and save money and get, you know, like all, all this awesome equipment on their roof. And it is in part due to utility programs like that. But the utilities are not our friends. The owners at the top are not our friends. They do not want us to succeed. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a big thing I deal with, like PG&E. For example, a lot of times homeowners will call them and be like, hey, my utility company is stating they're waiting on you. And then mm -hmm. like they will be like, oh, no, we're waiting on your solar contractor. And I will be like providing proof to the homeowner that that's completely false. Right. Like right. we have submitted everything, but they love to like misguide the homeowner. So I always preface when I'm talking mm -hmm. to project coordinators or project managers, I'm like, hey, just an FYI. I recommend homeowner calling, but just know that they might give them misinformation. Like, I think it was a week ago, I had a homeowner that was like, oh, SC, PG&E has been stating they've been waiting on you guys for two months. We got PTO that same day because I had already done everything. But I just think it's a lot of miscommunication. They aren't completely looking at everything when you call, just all the hands in different buckets at the utility. So that's just something I always preface. Yep. You might get misinformation. Take take everything with a grain of salt. And yes. yeah, we we are our job is to get systems up and running as fast as possible. We gain nothing by sitting on our hands. So trust if we have the information we need, we have we've either been asking for it for as long as we can and are working to get it, or yeah, somebody else is trying to cover their own butts because of that. So yeah. I I love that you just brought that up, Adriana, on having the homeowner call in to kind of push the utility to do something. But there is a key distinction. And I've had this happen to me personally where I've asked the homeowner to call in and it was Edison. Edison said, yeah, the installer, we're waiting on them and we've been waiting on them for two months and we don't know what they're doing and we don't know what's going on. 
And turns out then I called the installer and they were like, yeah, everything's complete. We're waiting on them. The homeowner reached out and got someone at a call center level. And the installer was working with the director of the department. And those two people weren't talking. And so the homeowner got this like poor communication, bad experience, whereas everything was actually on track and on planned. And but they didn't communicate internally with each other. They're a giant organization. You know, the call center there at S at Edison didn't they don't care. Like they there was no benefit for them to search for the correct information. And so we needed, like Danny said, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. I do like the idea of letting homeowners know, like, because I know that in some cases too. The, the utility will tell the homeowner like, oh yeah, the installer did everything correct. We're just delayed. And then the homeowner's like, oh, Adriana was right. Yeah. We and that's why I always like to provide their fault. Yeah. That's why I always like to provide as much proof on our end as possible. So that way we can ease the homeowner because I get it. The homeowner, this is a big thing. That's what we always say. Like, this is a big investment. This is a big change for them it can be scary especially when it's like uncertainty so as much as we can ease the mind of homeowners and sales like that's what we're here to do so and we document everything too so i mean if if anybody's asking and and thinks something got missed let's check the logs we got them so i don't delete a single email so trust (laughs) me i got receipts (laughs) check the receipts i love it all righty. Well, cool. Anything else we should touch on from the NEM and PTO side before we get out of that, out of the woods there? I don't think so. I think that kind of covers it. I mean, nice batteries being looped into the applications now, but I mean, that's pretty streamlined. We've always done batteries, so it's not anything too different. Yeah. Um, talk, talk about that a little bit, I guess. If there's anything that has changed, I mean, the utilities, again, the utilities asked for this. The utilities want people to have batteries now, essentially. So is there anything, are they asking for it and intentionally making it harder or are they asking for it and it's not really that much different from your side? Honestly, it's been about the same. So that's the good thing. Yeah. So it's been pretty streamlined. You know, I'm pretty used to batteries and utility applications with batteries. So it wasn't too major of a change. Yeah. I think it's been pretty good. I think there's a little bit of misunderstanding on the utilities ends with any process with batteries. I also submit for GMAs, which are, you know, a different alternative for MPUs. And that's mm-hmm. always a process that I say it should be simple, but it really is not simple with the utilities because of their lack of knowledge. So it gets a little complicated with, you know, lack of knowledge, lack of transparency, lack of this. But again, it's good that, you know, we're still hanging in there and pushing through. And yeah, I think it's been pretty easy so far about it. That's good. That's good. Well, just to just a recap for everybody who needs talking points. Remember, utilities are the are the giant hydra, you know, organization that makes money by people doing nothing. And we want to help homeowners save money and not 
pay as much to that giant monster and so yeah if if anybody is ever wondering follow the money who is benefiting from delays guaranteed it's not us so all righty i had one question that has been coming up quite frequently here in california and it has to do with the nem applications and we've we've sadly seen a couple installers that haven't been able to finish projects and so the sales reps or dealers out there have needed to flip the projects and it's kind of a tricky one when you have a nem2 application approved and now we're post nem2 and the job is still in limbo and they're like hey andy i want to move this job over to you but i want it to stay with nem 2.0 how do i do that what's the best way to go about doing it what what's the easiest way to respond to that adriana or maybe it's not easy maybe it's massively difficult i don't know honestly i did research last week a lot on it because it has been a question that's been coming up and you know it's a good mm-hmm. question to have and i love it come come over to the esp side of things i got you but yeah it's honestly not as complicated as i thought it would be sdg and e homeowner just has to email them stating hey I want energy service partners to be my solar contractor. Reassign the application over to them. PG&E. It's like, hey, I submit a new signed document from the homeowner, and I have to submit the new installation agreement that they sign with ESP, and they assign it right over to us. SCE is the one that gets a little trickier where it's like they really want to know if the solar contractor is out of business and homeowner is unable mm-hmm. to reach them or if it's like a homeowner problem with the contractor they kind of are like well we stay neutral and we're not going to get involved so if it's a situation where hey the solar contractor is like out of business can't get a hold of them then mm-hmm. the homeowner can directly email sce and be like hey this contractor is no longer in business please reassign my application over to energy service partners if the other solar contractor is still involved and it's more of like a personal thing of why they want to move over to us that's yeah, when yeah. we have to get involved with that solar contractor and we have to have the solar contractor grant us access to that project and then have homeowner contact sce to be like hey solar contractors should be reassigning this project over to us and solar contractor needs to acknowledge that they're giving up the rights for the project voluntarily relinquishing or whatever i see interesting interesting that's really that's really good info so if you guys and gals are listening out there flipping a deal from nem2 to nem2 post nem2 does that make sense <laughs> then make sure that if you're in san diego gas and electric or you're in pacific gas and electric pg and e super easy edison on the other hand going to be a little bit trickier unless that previous company has already gone out of business then it's easy but if they're still there it's going to be a little bit of a little bit of back and forth set proper expectations with your homeowner to go through that process. So that's good. Thank you, Adrian. That that really helps. 
Awesome. And now that we have our new sales database for all those documents, I did create an SOP last week on how to transfer those over. So I will definitely add that there. So all sales reps will have that. So if they face that issue, go there. It has all the steps, especially for which situation that you're going to face, solar contractor in business or not, and it'll help you. And then if you need more info, Holler at me and I'm here to help. Awesome. Nice. And you can find that SOP in the knowledge base. Yes. Um, which everybody can find through joinesp.com or in DealerNet and QuickBase. Yes. Shout out to DealerNet. Shout out to our website. Head on over. <laughs> we got some cool stuff on it. That's going to wrap it up for this week. We got one more episode coming. That's going to be activations that'll wrap us up for this season. Stay tuned. The views expressed herein may or may not represent the views of Energy Service Partners Incorporated, its ownership, management, affiliates, or subsidiaries. No construction project is guaranteed to be free from errors at any stage, and nothing contained in this recording should be taken to imply otherwise.